0: we did it episode 100 of the pitcher bet sports podcast on today's episode we predict our final four for march madness with a pitcher bet of course and then we talk about tyreek hill going to the miami dolphins which is the perfect intro to the draft series wide receiver edition matt and i are breaking down the top 10 prospects in this year's nfl draft buckle up we've got a big pod number 100 cheers let's go everyone i'm your host matt guest with me for this hundredth episode extravaganza is my co-host the best co-host on the podcasting planet matt morris what's up pal 100 triple digits my friend
1: yeah man it uh it feels good we were just talking about this the other day you know like sense of accomplishment 100 is like just thinking about that and the amount of hours we've poured into this you know i mean two two and a half hours of research today and our wide receivers i think probably both of us put in it's been really enjoyable and uh you know 100 more to come and just uh very thankful that we've been able to take this journey
0: yeah man and thankful for you guys this is what we do it for uh obviously this is something that you've all <laughs> not as many of you but some people have been there since day one of just uh Truly, not really knowing what we're doing, but knowing that this is something that we had passion about. Um, you've been through the audio exchanges, the changes, the intros, the extras, the all the fun stuff. So, um, we do this for us, of course, because this is a fun outlet for Matt and I, and something that we're determined to make our full-time job. Like that's why we do this. Um, but also to provide super awesome content for you guys. Uh, a lot of people always talking shit and bringing encouragement to us, which we enjoy. So, um, cheers to a hundred more. For sure, Matt. I'll grab my beard. Yeah, cheers to 100 more, man. Um, And he cheers to just crushing it after another year because we've seen a ton of growth from ourselves, from our an- um, analysis, from our audience growth. Um, and me, you and me are going to school a little bit and seeing how we can get more engaged with you guys and we're, we're close to getting our merch out there too i just need to figure out how to make logos better so um we're right there but yeah man cheers to you cheers to us this is really fun if you would have told us this is where we were at last march we'd be happy and here's to getting to next march um with the bigger group and we've got massive massive goals set for ourselves for this year so we're gonna go out there and fucking grab them yeah hell yeah man Hell yeah. So let's get into it. You beat me in the pitcher bet last week. This is what we do around here. We bet pitchers of beer on different events that are going on in sports over the weekend. Last weekend, you nailed 10 out of the 16 teams. I only had 8. So, for this weekend for March Madness, we're not going to break down the games like we did last weekend because it, you know, we got a lot to cover here when it comes to the Tyreek Hill situation and all 10 of these awesome receivers coming in the NFL draft. So, we're just going to go ahead and pick our final fours right now since you are the winner. I would love to roll the red carpet out for you. So maybe I can make an adjustment if I need to. No, I'm just kidding. I know exactly who's going to win it and go all the way. So um, go ahead. Who you got going into the final four uh, come next week?
1: Yeah. So again, with my knowledge base uh, being so extensive here in college basketball, (laughs) I should win this easily. Uh, No, all all jokes aside, I I really don't know what I'm doing. And I'm kind of going to just go off the cuff here. Uh, Gonzaga, I'm going to take to go to the final four. Uh, I'm going to take, let's see here, uh, Arizona as well. Excuse me. No, let me track that back. I'm taking Texas Tech. I am also taking Arizona. Moving on down, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Purdue. Uh, we talked about this a little bit move, off. Move, move, Ivy, move. I love this kid. He's Hell got yeah. swag. His mom has swag and he's a baller. Yep. And then I'm going to go very, very risky here. Um, I'm going to go with the Miami Hurricanes, the 10 seed. I'm going to have them beating... Mm. Iowa State, and then I'm going to have them, I think, probably beating Providence. I think Providence might be able to go ahead and beat Kansas. So, Hurricanes, 10 seed, going to the Final Four.
0: Yeah, um, I also, initially when I first made my bracket, I penciled Gonzaga in to make it everyone who's been here knows how I feel about them, but they proved me right again, unfortunately. So, I'm also going to take Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech takes down Duke and then Gonzaga. I think UCLA. They brought their team back together. I think they make it to the final four. I'm very nervous, though. Matt, their best or second best player, Hockeze, has a sprained ankle. Injured it in the last game. I haven't. I've tried to look to see if he's going to play. No word. So I'm just going to. I'm going to go with thinking that he's going to play. So Hawkes plays. I'm still going to take UCLA if he doesn't. um, I think they're kind of the team of destiny. My champion that I have and picked was Arizona. So I'm going to take Arizona, even though they were a little bit suspect last weekend. And then I'm actually going to take the team that's been disrespected by the masses on TikTok. By social media is the Providence Friars. I take Providence to beat Kansas and then the winner of the Miami, Ohio, or Iowa State game, which I that's a fuck Iowa State has been an absolute sleeper this whole time. So that's my four. Texas Tech, UCLA, Arizona, and the Friars, Providence Friars.
1: Yeah, and I I love your picks. I I really like UCLA. I'm kind of just taking Purdue kind of to counteract that. Uh, that guy's injured, UCLA dude. Pick.
0: I I don't think UCLA. I don't think they can beat Purdue.
1: And that's the thing, man. I'm just leaning on what I saw with Ivy. I just I love his ball play. I think For he's sure. I think he's an incredible player. And honestly, the only reason I'm taking Miami is because they played a really tough game against USC. They beat him, obviously, and then they dominated Auburn. I think those are two battle tested teams that they have this momentum. They could easily win just on the fact that they have the momentum. Now, Final Four, I don't expect them to move on past that. Honestly, I I could see them losing to Iowa State. Sure. But sometimes these these teams that have momentum like this, like you said, it sometimes they're just teams of destiny for the first two three rounds because they don't really buy into the the overall um, negative hype that is attached to them, some of their weaknesses. So, should be another fun weekend overall. Uh, and I think ultimately, you're right, Gonzaga, they're going to get bounced. And you're talking about wait. You're talking about a very hard battle-tested Texas Tech team. They go ahead and play Duke, they beat Duke, and then go beat Gonzaga. Man, it's going to be hard to beat them. They have, in my opinion, beat two of the best teams left in this tournament.
0: Yeah, and I'll say it once, I'll say it again, is the most overrated team in the tournament. They have been, they will be. I don't think they get over the hump this weekend. I don't think they make it to the Final Four. And it's not necessarily their fault, but them being in the WCC will always cost them, man. And I think you made a great point on the last podcast. Until they go back to the construction of their roster, not so much as one and duns, but actually getting two, three, four-year guys to stay there like Timmy. If they had a team full of Timmy's, I'd be more confident in them. But since they have a couple one and duns and are being carried by just one guy, which is Timmy, um, I just don't have them getting to where they need to be. I don't think their guard play is consistent enough. And at the end of the day, they are not battle tested. The second best team in that conference is St. Mary's. UCLA whooped that ass. And they've just looked bad the first two games. So Gonzaga won't be there. I'm predicting it. I know that's not even much of a hot take anymore, which was good to me because last year uh, people were coming for my damn head. Um, (laughs) Gonzaga won't be there. It is what it is, man. All right, moving on to the the crazy-ass news of the day. And, you know, we were just going to do a draft series on wide receivers, but this actually made it so perfect to show, like, hey – this is why some of these star players and big teams are getting rid of their, you know, their marquee top three receiver in the league guys. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins today for five picks, Matt, a massive haul. He had one more year on his contract before he was set to be a free agent. Um, I was shocked by this move. What were your initial thoughts on the move for Kansas City here?
1: So I have a question for you. Um, okay. It's kind of gone back Can't and forth wait. today. Is is the pick, the first round pick they received, is it this season, like coming it's, up yeah, in April?
0: It's the 29th pick in this draft.
1: Okay. So they did not receive a first for 2023. Okay. Uh, that makes more sense. And I mean, my initial takeaway, man, I, I saw this news and I legitimately thought I was dreaming. I sleep crazy hours. So this news broke middle of my, uh, my slumber. And... <laughs> I just hate it. I absolutely hate it for the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe over the last three or four years of watching Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, that Tyreek Hill bails Patrick Mahomes out of a lot of bad situations. His elusiveness, his athleticism, his ultimate like top end athleticism saves Patrick Mahomes from ultimately a lot of bad situations. You know, Patrick's running around, he finds Tyreek. Tyreek has found kind of a zone in the the zone defense to sit in. Um, And you look at that Buffalo Bills game in the playoffs, Tyreek Hill almost single-handedly won that game. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to take a step back with this. I need to see, obviously, this coming season, how does Patrick kind of operate within the team structure, within the roster structure of the wide receiver core he has? But I think it's a win for the Dolphins. You know, you have now weapons around Tua that you have absolutely no reasons to make excuses for him. He has Waddle and Tyreek Hill, arguably the two top five most athletic players in the entire league. Two players that can completely stretch the team, the the field. Um, And Tua, this is your season to go out and absolutely ball. I kind of said this to you off the podcast, for any reason, he doesn't. The Dolphins are in fantastic shape next year. They could possibly trade up and go ahead and receive Stroud or Young. Um, But I I think, too, is going to have an absolute breakout season. And again, I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill start to elevate the ability of Tua. And that athleticism, you just can't buy it. I said this about six months ago when we were talking about our top five wide receivers. I said to me, Tyreek Hill has got to be in that conversation for the simple fact that he has something that those other guys don't have, that elite, high-end, most explosive speed in the game that changes games. like That wins you games automatically. I think he's absolutely worth $30 million.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you. I, and and we're Packer guys. I'd feel more comfortable with a long term deal with him than Devontae, right? Like yep. that speed kills, bro. One day it'll end, but that speed, speed fucking kills, man. And I, I'm on opposite ends of the spectrum here with you. Starting with two is I don't believe in two. I think he elevates his game, but. There's just nothing that I've seen over the past season with Tua that gives me confidence that he's going to be able to deliver the ball to Hill where he needs to. Um, I I do hope I'm wrong. I'm not a Tua hater. I I think he's a good player. Um, Obviously, he had some really good completion percentage and accuracy numbers last year. But, I mean, the eye test, right? You watch him try and throw the ball down the field, step up in the pocket um it's suspect to say the least you know that that's not a harsh criticism whatsoever and then when it comes to patty mahomes i'm also on on the opposite spectrum with you is and i I tweeted this out on our account earlier was just this is why you pay a guy 50 million dollars this is a consequence of paying a man 50 million dollars at quarterback you will lose your top end talent you will lose your most expensive players and it's your job as the 50 million dollar man that highest paid player in the league and especially on your team when you're at the quarterback position when you hit that contract to elevate lesser players i personally believe mahomes is that guy i think he can elevate players i think Nicole hardman has a big year this year right they have juju smith schuster i'm sure he ends up having a more productive year than he did in pittsburgh that's what i truly believe is going to happen um but if it doesn't Right. If Mahomes does take a step back, if he does regress, if the Chiefs do need to add more weapons because Mahomes isn't enough, um, I think it's going to be a big stain on his legacy and a big stain on his rankings right now. I've got him number one above Rogers because I believe that if Rogers goes out there with Jerome Winfrey and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and still lights the world on fire, like it, it's not a debate. Right. Who's the number one quarterback in the league? Um, I'm still a believer in Mahomes. I'm more nervous about their defense. That's a topic for another time, but um, I think Mahomes and the Chiefs offensively will be okay. They still have Kelsey, like I said, Juju, and I think McCole Hardman. They must believe he takes the next step or they'll get into some of these guys that we're going to discuss here in a few minutes.
1: Yeah, and this is the big question for me, and it's probably something I should have added when we were having this conversation. What Tyreek Hill brings to the football field is exactly what Debo Samuel brings to the field. Something almost no other player does, which is almost like... They're a cheat code, 100%. Yeah, it's a cheat code, right? You know, Debo Samuel's ability to um, accumulate yards after the catch, to bounce off defenders, to have top-end speed, you see it on the film and you see the impact every single game. Yeah, sure, you know, Debo's box score isn't always fantastic, I will take Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill over every single wide receiver in the league because what it allows me as a coach to do is open up a completely new set of game plan while also working in the traditional game plan that normal quarterbacks and wide receivers have, right? Most times you see on on, uh, Tyreek Hill's down the field catches, He's got five, seven yards of separation It's because because he shatters the defensive scheme. And same thing with Debo Samuel. When he gets the ball, it's because the defense can't defend his his athleticism, which allows you so many more opportunities in your playbook. That's why I'm concerned about Patrick Mahomes. You're now taking away some of those plays from Andy Reid's playbook because you physically do not have a player of Tyreek Hill's capability. Sure, maybe Mikael takes the step, and if that's the case, you reopen that door. But if you close that door as a Kansas City organization, you're now going to have to operate on the same field that Aaron Rodgers, right, and uh, Deshaun Watson are playing under, without a guy that completely changes the scheme. And that is my concern, and I think that's what he's bringing to Miami. And you know what, you're you're not wrong with Tua. We have not seen it, but we have not seen him with Tyreek Hill, right? You're talking five to seven yards of separation. You better be able to hit him. Just throw it as hard as he can, and he'll run under it. That's what we've seen with Patrick Mahomes. Much different arm strength there and arm talent from Tua and Mahomes. No one can argue that. But I do think what Tyreek Hill brings to Miami is a completely new set of plays, and that in itself is worth $30 million.
0: 100%. San Francisco 2.0 out there in Miami right now. Watch yep. out, man. They could... Yep. Uh, they could really make some plays. Just signed the big left tackle from the Saints too, man. I love they're not it. they're not fucking around this year. Um we'll get to once all the dust settles by draft time, winners and losers of the offseason. Um they're up there for winners. winners no, yes. no, no, no doubt about it. <sighs> all right, so draft series wide receiver edition. 10 studs. So we're going over the top 10 receivers in this year's draft class. It just worked out perfectly that Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill both leave their teams because this class is pretty stacked. You know, we went through these 10 guys right at about the six mark. They drop off, but the drop off isn't that significant to either one of us, right? These guys are still really elite, um, but definitely the top five or six dudes can make an impact Immediately upon arriving in the right system, so we're going to go through the list. If this is your first time listening to our draft series, Matt and I base our lists off of cbsports.com and then we add and subtract a couple just depending on just our analysis and who we like. So we're going to go through the list one through 10. Um, let's get after it. I'm going to start here with Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, six foot, a buck 88. Last season as a junior, he had 70 catches. 1,058 yards, 12 touchdowns. So what I really liked and something that if this is, once again, first time for your draft series, I really like looking at the tape and the numbers from their best competition. Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and the Oregon, all dominated by Garrett Wilson. Super great stats, over 100 yards, Um, really solid tape and route running. He's athletic. Uh, I think he might be the best route runner in the class always has three to five yards of separations, whether it's an out route, a comeback, um, any type of NFL level route, he can make it. Um, I think he's also the safest pick. And what I mean by that is he has good intangibles. He has a solid body frame and he can catch balls in traffic. So you already know you can plug that guy in as your number one or number two, depending on how deep you are in the wide receiver room. Packers might be a number one type of guy he won't fall to them. Um, But something that I didn't like about him was his size. Um, He's, you know, the frame is average at best for the NFL. And he's also doesn't have a ton of breakaway speed. Um, That's also something that's kind of a bummer. We just talked about it with Tyreek Hill. He's a cheat code. He's different, but I always like to see out of the number one guy, maybe that extra level, that fifth gear Um, from what I looked at and what I was studying. I didn't see that. Um, But at the end of the day, that that's a nitpicky con. He has the best hands probably the best route runner and when you're comping that to a pro player you can't ask for much more
1: yeah man I, I agree with everything you said um i actually do believe wilson has a little bit more of the higher end speed uh i, I saw the, the ability for him to create separation As a huge positive for him, Uh, his ability to go out and win his routes and also his route tree in general, it's completely fluid and it's smooth. And I think that's going to be his attribute in the NFL. We've kind of talked off air about this, but the new age wide receiver isn't going to be the guy that's built. Isn't going to be 6'3", 220. You know, you're not building your completely your offensive uh, wide receiver room around that size. You're looking more or less at the Jamar Jeffries. You're looking at the Jamar Chases, like the guys that are out there and can make change of direction quickly. And I think Wilson has all of those intangibles. Uh, my big takeaways is he, for him, he can take a hit and keep going. Against that Michigan State tape, there were a lot of times that a really safety nice. or a cornerback would hit him, and he would just shrug it off and keep going. For his size, my concern in the NFL is, man, is he going to take a beating? But in college, he did okay building on that yak yardage Uh, another big thing for him and we talked about this with Tyreek Hill his ability to find open holes and zones and just sit there waiting for the ball now that doesn't mean that he camps out it just means that he knows he's going to give his wide receiver time to find him and that fluid nature is going to allow him to maneuver within that little bit of a pocket where he can make the catch and utilize that yard after the catch ability some of the cons I have, he had six drops in 2021. Uh, they're more considered con- uh, concentration drops. He was really looking to catch the ball and make that move immediately as opposed to you know securing the ball and then thinking about what the next move is. I think that's just a young wide receiver issue. It's something Jamar Chase had obviously in camp last year and throughout the season, kind of just thinking to themselves, I've got to make the first guy miss because if I get hit, it is going to hurt based on my size. Um, again, back to that fluid nature, I think, he is the number one wide receiver on most boards for a reason. He's going to be the guy that comes in and performs as we've seen some of these higher end rookie wide receivers if he falls in the right system. Ultimately, my comps for him, um, they're, it's hard. We've talked about this off the air. Comping these new age wide receivers is a challenge because it's a different body type. It's different athlete type. I do have a smaller Debo Samuel. Um, and a poor man's Jamar Chase. I think the fluid nature is the wa- the reason I'm comping him to Chase. Him and Chase just have an ability and a swagger about them on the field to be able to position their bodies in a way that allows them to continue down the field. And that again is something that you cannot find in every wide receiver.
0: No, I love that. Um, I, I'm spot on there. Um, did I don't have any <laughs> differences nor dis- disagreements there with any of your pros and cons. The number two guy on the board, and this was devastating for me, man. This was the guy I was highest on coming into the season, which is uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama. 6'2", lanky, bro. A buck 80. <laughs> uh, he transferred from Ohio State after his freshman and sophomore year. Finished this year with 79 catches, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. Tears his ACL in the national championship game. I was so devastated for this kid. Watching the watching the Natty live, man. Um, he was my number one guy before that. Obviously, still number two on the boards. Great. Um, you know, I'll just start with the cons. The, the con is he tore his ACL, right? Um, you never know how a guy's gonna bounce back with modern medicine, with modern technology. Guys usually jump back pretty good at his young age, but it, it's a it's a concern, right? Now you do have an injury history, and that's never good to come into the NFL with. As I say in the draft series, famously availability is the best ability. Um, The other thing is he is very lanky, very skinny, super skinny. But so is Justin Jefferson, right? So that stuff is cons. But with the way the rules are set up, not a big deal. Um, He uses his body to make catches. I'm not a big fan of the body catches. Um, And then the biggest con that I saw from him is he struggles against press coverage. He gets bodied at the line a pretty good amount. If you got a guy in his face, if you pull up the Florida tape, actually, Matt, is where I saw this one. Um, he was getting bodied at the line of scrimmage, and it was a little discouraging to me. I don't know if that's something that you can necessarily get out of. You got to get some really elite footwork. Once again, going back to the um, ACL. But his pros, man, uh, the guy is the fastest, most elite athlete, in my opinion, in the group. He has scary torture speed. Uh, right off the line of scrimmage, too. It's not something where he needs to get going. He's just one of those, he looks, he's like Usain Bolt, right? Like, he's just fucking flying out there. Um, and he's got great hands, and in his, in his route running, once he gets off the line of scrimmage, is elite. So, um, I think Jamison Williams is going to fall. But for a team that's willing to be patient, I think he's definitely a flyer. Um, I haven't, I don't think he'll be able to play this year. It's just, it's tragic, bro. I feel so bad for him.
1: Well, yeah, and we talk about the Chiefs and replacing Tyreek Hill, and I think this is the replacement. Um, We just talked about Wilson from Ohio State. He had a 40 of 4.38. That's incredible speed. How (laughs) does it translate to the NFL, though, right? Because we saw the same numbers from Mikael Hardman, and you line up the tape with Mikael Hardman and Tyreek Hill. It's not not even a question who's faster, who's more athletic, right? But yet you see those great great 40 times. So um, I think you have to look at the tape and say, okay, where does that speed translate? Personally, for me, Jamison Williams is a much faster wide receiver than Wilson from Ohio State. I don't even care to see the 40-time, right? Because, again, Wilson, uh, excuse me, Williams tore the ACL. We're not going to actually get him clocked in because of the knee. But this is your home run hitter. And the thing I actually love the most about him is ultimately the toughness on the field. He was the gunner for special teams for Alabama like that in itself is your basically your number one wide receiver is that you trust him to maneuver within the special teams package to get down the field and make a tackle. And then it goes on to the toughness of his ability to actually play within an NFL system where he's going to be getting hit. But this is the Tyreek Hill replacement right here. This is the guy for that. Green Bay or any other team that you yeah, you are going to you're going you're gonna to try to compete this year. But what happens if you get this kid back week, six, week, week 16 17? You open up 3 4 maybe packages where he is creating 5 6 seven yards of separation like Tyree kill that's Jamison Williams for me there is nobody else in the class that has that elite elite speed like you sure. said speed demon um he's a playmaker as well I think you're talking about you know you look at the Madden x-factors this is the kid that's going to have Madden x-factors <laughs> built for him again though I'm concerned about the ACL yeah, um, it sucks dude I mean how I, can I just, not be? I just don't know enough players that have come back and been very successful throughout their career with an injury like that. You look at Todd Gurley, had the ACL at Georgia, came back, ultimately hampered his long-term his longevity of a career because there was just issues within the knee. Uh, We look at Odell Beckham more recently, which I think is a hard comparison because Odell at this point is just he's glass. You know, broken leg, broken ankle, torn ACL, another torn ACL. Um, Allen Robinson was actually a much better. Uh, and and speedier wide receiver before the ACL tear down there in Jacksonville, so he came back. Obviously, you had to reinvent himself as more of a possession wide receiver, a guy that could body other uh, DBs. Those are the things I'm hoping for with Jamison Williams. And that's the last little thing I I have here is great body at 6'2", 189. He has the ability to add weight if he needs to change his uh, his play style. That would ultimately change him from being the burner to more of a possession-wide receiver. But once he gets back into the league, he'll start to be able to identify, am I still the same player? Um, Elite speed, elite route runner. And that elite route running, I think, comes from the elite speed. He is just creating such separation. And you said it he does get bodied at the line, but if he can work on that release, I think you're talking about sky's the limit for this kid. He's a number one wide receiver.
0: No doubt about it. Um, the next guy. Um, <clears throat> I've touted this fool as the uh as the as the homecoming king, the homecoming queen, whatever you want to call him. Uh Drake London. This dude is a freak. An absolute specimen. This this is one of those generation type of body guys. Uh London six four, two nineteen. Last year at SC, eighty-eight catches, thousand uh, eighty-four yards, seven touchdowns. Um, I, I saw online on on one of the pages I was reading on. I think he got around seventy percent of the target share for USC. Twenty targets in one game. I think it was against Colorado or something like that. Um, this guy's an NFL wide receiver. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it. This is the best contested catching wide receiver in the league. Uh, the best pure body, the best jump ball catcher, the best one-on-one catcher in this class. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, and the other thing with his big size is if you see him catch the ball in space in some on some of his tape, he's shifty, dude. He's got juice. He hurtled guy. Um, he's an athlete, man. He's he's a really, really good player. I don't think you can go wrong. Drafting Drake London, he's going to have to be a scheme fit guy, though. Like If you're a team like the Buccaneers, Mike Evans is my somewhat comp for London. I think London's a little bigger bodied, but you don't want to jump. Gi- Maybe you do want two giant guys like that. I don't know, but that's, that's who he's going to be. Biggest cons, two things broke his ankle this year. Um, That's sketchy, right? Hopefully, he's fine. Hopefully, he's recovered. The ankle is a little less serious than something like the ACL, but a broken anything is a broken anything, right? Like, lower body injury is always bad for bigger dudes. Um, And the other thing is his route running, I I gave it like a 4 out of 10. Not very elite. Doesn't create a bunch of separation. But once again, when you're 6'4", 220, can catch almost some of the catches this fool made, Matt. One handed, two handed, triple coverage, like you can kind of get away with that stuff. So it's a con, but I'm also like, it is what it is. And then he ran a four, six at the combine. But once again, I think these, I think that's nitpicky stuff when it comes to you are an NFL pro body receiver. So.
1: Yeah, and I want to start with the con there with uh, route running and speed. And I think they they play hand in hand. Um, His inability to run his routes at times, I saw was his inability to really separate. He's a big body. I think this is the new age NFL. You look at 10 years ago, I think Drake London's being uh, touted as a tight end, ultimately. Um, And now in the NFL, you're allowing this kind of body to come into the NFL. You talked about Mike Evans. I think also Kenny Galladay is a good comp to him. I like the ability to be a taller, a little bit slower guy, but he had a 91.8 PFF ranking in college football. That was the number one wide receiver. And his biggest issue is separation. It's because of his absolute elite level um, contention and um, competitive catch ratio, like his ability to, jump over the DBs to body the DBs he catches the ball when it's thrown to him that's something that a lot of wide receivers don't have in the NFL and a lot of needs for quarterbacks to have some of the routes that they want to run because ultimately the wide receiver position used to be a more of a battle you look at Randy Moss Calvin Johnson like they were fighting for balls same thing as Terrell Owens i think Drake London could fall right in line with that kind of comp too Terrell Owens a guy that's just going to continuously outstrength you on the field Yes, the speed concerns me, but I think you need to pair him in an offense where you have a couple speed weapons, a couple guys similar to, you know, a Jamison Williams or a Mikko Hardman, where he is the guy, you know, much like a Travis Kelsey, that's going to get 10 to 12 catches a game. And you're you're not worried about him taking the top off a defense, but in the end zone, in the red zone, he's going to be the guy you're looking for because you know he's going to win those contested uh, catches. So London for me, he needs to go to a team with a good quarterback. Uh, a guy that has a strong arm so that he can get it to the outside of the field and allow London to really fight for those catches. I I don't view him as necessarily an X factor like I do some of these other guys, but he's going to be a great wide receiver in this league for 10 years. You know, hopefully he turns into Kenny Galladay or a Mike Evans. It just has to be the right system fit.
0: Next guy on the list is uh, this is my number one. I know he's number four. He's my uh, he's my Rashad Bateman from last year. Bateman got injured and kind of wasn't able to prove himself. I'm really holding home on him this year. I like Bateman. I think he's going to be good this n- upcoming year. But this is the guy I think is a little underrated. I think he should be the number one. I, r- I really do. Uh, I have one con because I was just like I had such a hard on for this motherfucker, dude. <laughs> uh, Traylon Burks, six three, two twenty five, Arkansas. Uh, The numbers on paper aren't going to jump off at you or anything like that. 66 catches, 1,100 yards, uh, and seven uh, touchdowns. Um, Big thing that I liked out of his numbers from sophomore and junior season, averaged over 16 yards a catch. Um, You go put this, dudes. Just go watch the Alabama game. That's all you need to watch. I watch more than that, but I'm telling you, bro. Go put on this Alabama game and tell me this guy isn't the best receiver. He's fast. He's big. He runs the routes. He's got great hands. He comes back to the ball. He's literally has elite speed in separation. I know you and me were kind of going back and forth on the phone before we got on, but I saw him break away from Bama defenders consistently. And then for lesser competition, his long-ass strides were just getting up and down. And he is the ultimate big play wide receiver and coming back. I know we're probably going to bring this up a few times, but coming full circle to Tyreek. Mahomes hits him on that. What was that? A 15, 10 yard in route against Buffalo. And he takes it for 50 to the house. You need these game changing game breaking players in the NFL. And to me out of this entire class, that's Traylon Burks, man, my con. And this is a soft ass, weak ass con bad blocker. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh God. Uh, so I'm, first all, in, ball, I'm huh?
0: all in on him. No, I just Stop. think he should be the first one off the board. Wilson's great too. Like, I this we're we're fucking you know, this is Jordan Kobe type of stuff. And I know that's a stupid way to say it, but like these guys are all great here. Okay. Yeah. Like this is this is personal preference to me. I like the size speed hands. Like this kind of six three, two twenty. Are you kidding me, dude? That's a so, that's an NFL body right there.
1: I'm, the, I'm not in disagreement for, with you. He's my number one wide receiver off the board. And I actually just mentioned this name in the last uh, comparison slash detail about London. I'm going to go out there and say this is absolutely the probably the best comp I've ever made, the most confident I've ever been. Let's go. Traylon Burks is Terrell Owens, 2.0. Whoa. Um, that's a Hall of Famer for you, by the way. Um, yeah. And I <laughs> For, for and those I would be, kids out there listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who Terrell Owens was, who was <laughs> not very good his else. first season with the 49ers, had a lot of drops, but the body, the speed, the absolute strength, the hand size, the ability to run his routes, the elusiveness, everything Traylon Burks has is what Terrell Owens was. You put Traylon Burks on a bad team with a bad quarterback, he's a good yeah, he's wide a receiver. Bust. Yeah. No, no, no. He's a good wide receiver. I really do believe that. His ability to make his own plays and to be elusive is going to continue to allow him to perform at a high level. Andre Johnson, I think, is another cop for Traylon Ooh. Burks. Um, doesn't, to me, like doesn't have the fifth gear. I saw extreme explosiveness and the ability to accelerate from the line of scrimmage to about 10, 12 yards out. Um, and it might just be the strides that you kind of talked about, Matt, but I did not see that, you know, that Tyree kill that DK Metcalf, like once he hits that that level of this, uh, the safeties, the free safeties, the strong safeties where he's just gone. I did see that guys were catching up to him in some of the tape, but I also saw him completely fighting them off and continuing downfield. I mean, he is a man among boys in college. So. Traylon Burks, uh, and personally, if I'm an NFL GM, if I'm the Packers, if I'm the Chiefs, I am trading this year's first, next year's first, a second to move up and draft him because he will be an absolute elite wide receiver and with the right quarterback, he will be a Hall of Fame wide receiver.
0: Yeah, he's an, he's an absolute stud. Uh, best, the-
1: best I've seen since Calvin Johnson on tape.
0: Ooh, Jesus, um, I don't know if I'll go there, but he's a stud. Um, Chris Olave. Six foot, buck eighty seven. Um, three year starter at Ohio State. Very, 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 very good. He's gotten a lot of slack online for some reason. I'm not too. I'm not too sure to be honest with you. Nine hundred and thirty six yards, thirteen touchdowns last year. Um, the reason Wilson's higher up on the board for most people, and the reason I think it makes sense, is that he's not a great route runner, but he's much, in my opinion, more athletic and faster than Wilson. Um, I always thought that Olave, when I was watching Ohio State games, popped on TV more than Wilson did. Then you watch the tape. Wilson's open every play. And that's all you can ask for in the NFL, right? Like, okay, congratulations, Olave. You were schemed up a perfect play. You were wide open scored, right? Um, That's not taking anything away from him. His cons are he's a little bit undersized. The route running is a big, 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 big issue for me. But I think he does have almost great to elite hands. And his run after catch and his speed is NFL ready. I think he's definitely a late first round pick, early second round pick. As a Packer fan, would not be mad whatsoever to have this kid on the team. I think out of the five guys, I think he has the the, the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We have a big uh we have a big disagreement and I think our our takes here. Um I have him graded as the number one route, route runner in the uh wide receiver class. Interesting. Uh his separation and his ability to be smooth versus zone coverage was huge on film. Um his 40 time was very similar. to Wilson, Wilson ran a 436, Olave ran a 439. Again, when you're talking about on the field speed, you see more speed from Wilson than at least I see from um from Chris Alave. Alave though his ability to find that soft zone coverage, it was very evident on film. He was open a lot of the time, and a lot of the time he was open in the end zone. I don't know if that's because Wilson and Alave played so well off each other. That's a, it's hard, right? You have two yeah, first that, long
0: That was my thing, dude. I just like yeah. I, I think that's where we came into disagreement. Like it is just I, I saw it more or less as he was open because the play was good. And where yes. I saw like if you like I watched a lot of like Olave highlights and you could see Wilson in the corner was wide open himself. Cause he got separation, but there gets to a point with these good teams like Bama and Ohio state where like, dude, he's, I think six of his touchdowns were just, their walk-ins, you know what walk-ins. I mean? So yeah. Or he was sitting tough. in the end zone in his and zone he's so fast waiting. when he caught it, he no. took off. So I, mean, I think some of that, I just didn't like the crispness is where I'm going with it. Like I think his speed took over for some of those route running. Um, but I mean, good good disagreement here. First time yeah. all, all episode,
1: and and also too, like you said, in in that Ohio State system, to really gauge a route runner, he'd have to be the best and really the only athlete on that wide right. receiving core, right? Because you you can't guard two number one round wide receivers, you just can't. If you're Iowa, if you're Purdue, what are you doing, right? Michigan right. State, even these guys don't have the DB athletes to, to pair up with them. So right. I do have him as a better route runner than you. My um, comp is is a poor. Poor version of Marquise Brown. He doesn't have the same over-the-top speed that I think Brown really showed at Oklahoma. Yeah, but I, I, I think that. in regards to the slot position, he can probably hold up a little better. There were a few takes that I saw online about Alave being able to catch the ball, go for 14, 15 yards, and just like give himself up, right? not take the shot from the safety position or the linebacker position. Um, in regards to you know a, a comparison between Burks and Alave, could polar opposites. Alave is going to have a hard time holding up in this league because of his body size. Uh, Marquise Brown has shown the same thing, issues holding up. I would much rather have Wilson because I think Wilson does on tape show me a little bit over the top speed. Alave though, in the right system could be a guy that goes out, catches 80 to 90 balls and just really leans on that yak yardage. My concern for him though is that size and his ultimately long-term health.
0: For sure. Moving into the bottom half of the list here, this is where you you kind of just said it with Olave is these guys were the best players on their team, so it, it gave you a little bit better perspective on their highs and lows because their team actually needed them to win the games. First one is a guy, I actually really like this kid a lot, um, is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. 5'11", a buck 85, a little bit smaller. Three-year starter, though, and last year, 91 catches, almost 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. The big issue with Jahan outside of him being 5'11", 185 is there isn't anything on his tape nor through his combine that shows any sort of like high level elite athleticism for the NFL. Not that he's not an athlete. All these fucking guys are athletes, right? But his his speed isn't breakaway speed. His quickness, his lateral quickness is good, but not great. And he doesn't have the like wow factor on the tape when it comes to athletics ability. What he does have wow factor and like outside of London, I think this kid might have the best hands out of the group here because he needs them. This kid, his catch radius, Matt is ridiculous. He uses all five eleven in his wingspan, and I think that's amazing. And that's an asset in in the NFL, right? That'll make him a great slot receiver. Um, his route running is crisp an elite, in my opinion, which is, you know, you have to when you're a little bit lacking as far as the athleticism goes. Um, And I thought his yards after catch uh, performance and his ability was pretty solid. But um, yeah, that's what I thought about. I I think Dotson with the right team, uh, really solid. I I could see him. He could be like a great Patriot or a great guy with Brady, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I think Dotson for this uh, this lower tier of wide receivers, you talked about a tier drop off. Dotson to me is the most day one ready slot 100 you know that's and i think that's why he's moved so quickly up some of these draft boards he and was mock
0: nice at penn state though too dude don't get it twisted for three years he was very very good
1: well and i think there's something to say with that too right he has the ability already to step in with the confidence of of i can do the job right but you're right best hands in the draft i think a lot of the time when i watched Dotson's tape i was thinking about Tyreek Hill's ability to catch some of these balls that just didn't make sense because of his size. You'd see Tyreek make some of these catches kind of over the middle of the field, and we're not talking about the separation catches he would make, but he would just use all five, nine of his height to just catch a ball, and you're like, damn, you just don't see that all the time, right? And Dotson does the same thing. You know, he elevates himself beyond that 5'11 frame and it allows his his route tree and his catch frame to really reel in balls that otherwise could be intercepted or could be tipped where a linebacker or a safety comes over the top and just takes it away from you. And I think that's something at a slot wide receiver position that you really have to value. You know, if the ball is thrown to him, for the most part, he's bringing it in and he's also going to continue with that yak percentage. So I really liked uh, Dotson for that. I think he should be a second, third-round pick, personally. I think a first-round pick should be a guy that completely elevates your team, should be a guy that can play on the outside consistently. Um, And I just don't know that he has that ability for a long-term career. And you said it best. Um, He's small. He lacks elite-level traits, good speed, good elusiveness, great hands. But where's that supreme athlete, third-round pick for me? Um, but I really I do like this kid, and uh, I think you said it best, in the right system, he could be a day one impact for an NFL team next year.
0: For sure. I think if there's one guy I'll whiff on on this list, it's, it's him. I really do. I, I think if there's one guy that'll shock everyone, it's going to be him, though. For sure. That, that's, that's what I'll say about him to, to close it up.
1: Kind of like an Isaac. I, I could see him being like Isaac Bruce where he just doesn't <laughs> do anything crazy, but just finds a way to be fucking in the really, really good, good yeah, for yeah. 10 years. Like, and you're like, wow, this guy's got 10,000 yards. Like, how did he do that? Well, it's because he stayed healthy and he caught 90 just balls a year.
0: Ran great routes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next guy, uh, another unfortunate injury guy, George Pickens. The body's perfect for me. You can tell with what I like here: 6'3", 200, Georgia, um, five catches, hundred. So he, he he tore his ACL senior year. Um, you to- turn on the tape where he plays, though, man. Special looks very very special. Um, but it's it's the ACL, man. You know, like coming off a fresh ACL it makes it really nervous for pro guys and for guys like me. Uh, body size, physicality is great. Um, he's super quick. And something I noticed, and this is kind of weird and sounds very uh high school coachy, but it seemed like his hips were quick, man. Like every time he go on and break into the inside or go on the outside, I saw his massive frame just wow snap really nice. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, but his route running in general, I thought was average at best uh, for the years that he was healthy. Um, but his catch radius is fucking ridiculous. He was making crazy catches. Um, my biggest cons for him were were separation and speed. I didn't think there were anything special. Um, and then lastly is is the ACL.
1: Yeah, and he uh, he did get a forty time in. Um, now that he's you know at least at a point in time helped where he him can out run. a lot. Yeah, four four seven is really good for a six three wide receiver. Um, we did see a little bit of that on the field, but what I really saw from his his film was that twitchiness. You know, that's what I kind of call the hip flip, with nice. your ability to run the routes and kind of just overposition yourself from the DB where you're putting yourself in a dominant position to catch the ball. Pickens has that. Um, he wins one on one catches. You said it. He makes some crazy catches. Again, he has the ability and potential to be a number one NFL wide receiver on a good no, offense. And if you're finding a way to draft him at the end of the first round, early second round, that's a steal. Big concern for me. You said it torn ACL. We talked about that at length already. Second disciplinary actions for him. He was suspended this past season. He was suspended, I guess, in his freshman year as well. He was also um, ejected from a game. His coach was on record as saying he is an undisciplined player. That kind of behavior is also a big reason I think he will fall in this draft. Um there were a couple of people that said they would love him in New England. I think that's a perfect place for him in a Bill Belichick system where that discipline is, you know, preached on a daily basis. But my concern, you talk about these undisciplined players, most of the time that follows you throughout your career, very Correct. rarely do you get a kid like Laramie Tunzel who comes in, you know, has the gas mask issue and then c- continues to be a professional in the NFL because they've learned from their mistakes. Again, though, Pickens, he's 20 years old. He's one of the youngest players next to uh, to London in this class. I think it may also just be a youth issue. If he can come into the right team, the right room, have some coaches around him. Green Bay, too. How much trouble can you get in, in Green Bay? Um, the right system is key for this kid.
0: Yeah, don't send him to Vegas. Um- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God,
1: that would just be a nightmare.
0: The next guy is the the TikTok hype guy that I'm, I'm fucking... I'm out on this guy honestly. I I think this is my least favorite receiver out of the 10. Christian Watkins, North Dakota State. He's 6'4" 208. Um had 43 catches, 800 yards, 7 touchdowns. Um I mean, all all I got from him on a pro is he's got a pro body. He's pretty cool. he's pretty fast. He's got good speed. Um his cons outweighed the pros to me. But there's no way around it, man. This dude dropped a lot of balls. And not only was he dropping balls, he looked uncoordinated out there on the field to me. And that is, that is to me, that's a red flag for a man who's 23 years old. If you don't have coordination running full speed uh, at North Dakota State, no disrespect, especially catching dimes from Trey Lance, who was throwing him fucking heat out there. I watched the Trey Lance film because why not? It's a pro quarterback, right? Um, I I don't know. I'm out on him. 13% drop rate over his career route running's average to below average, and the coordination. He, he does, he can't run full speed and catch a ball. I'm out on you. You're, you that's something you can't learn.
1: Matt, who was the wide receiver that caught the Hail Mary um, for the Packers in Arizona? Jeff Janis. So this kid is Jeff Janis to me. He's going to go in the third, second round. Jeff Janis had the same traits, elite speed. This kid ran a 4 at his pro day. But Jeff Janice couldn't catch a ball or run a route really into year three in the NFL that we were satisfied with, and he ultimately found himself out of the NFL. Had that one great catch because he was an athlete, right? And I think Christian Walk- Watson is the same way. 6'4", 208, that four three six speed. He's older, and you said that perfectly. At that age, you should you should have been able to show continuous progression. You, you've lived, your you've lived in that.
0: You've lived in that body for long enough to. Be, you're either coordinated or you're not. Like fuck, dude. I'm not. We're, we're, you know, it is Well, look it at Pickens is, at
1: 20 years old, right? You have three years of age separation here. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, this is talked about a lot in the film that I was watching and some of the analysts were talking about big time senior bowl riser. He came into the senior bowl with a lot mm. of the same questions that you brought up and really showed himself to be an improvement at that senior bowl. Every year we hear about a guy at the senior bowl that makes the jump. I don't buy it at all. Um, you, you can't tell me through four years, five years with a red shirt of a college career that these knocks were on you all five years and you show up to one week and that you fixed all your problems. No, the tape of the five years shows who you're going to be at the next level. And this kid's just not ready to be a starter. He's not ready to be a second, third, fourth round pick. So for me, he's a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick an undrafted free agent. I think you said it best. The social media hype is really pushing him up. I would not Big be time. surprised. To see him fall outside the top 15 wide receivers taken because at the end <laughs> of the day, these NFL scouts and GMs, they don't give a shit about they're in. Yeah, they're they don't care in. about CBS's mock drafts. They don't they don't give a shit. They see what we're seeing as well. And their ability to like actually evaluate what we're watching is on a professional level. And if me and you are talking about Watson being a guy that we're not in on, I don't think NFL teams will as well. Um, but Hey man, some of the positives I do have above average acceleration, the kid on the field is For sure. an athlete, but I think a lot of times teams do get caught up in, Hey, can I, can I tap into that and make him better? Hey, five years couldn't make him better. I don't think an NFL team will.
0: Right. And maybe like the Niners take a flyer on him, sixth round, fifth round, mm-hmm. right. Pair him with Lance. Right. Why not? That, that, yep. that would, that would be Love the that. logical thing to do. You yep. would think, but I, I'm out on him. Next guy. This guy's an absolute stud, Matt. Um, David Bell out of Purdue. 6'1", 212, nice body. Uh, 93 uh, receptions, uh, 1,286 yards, six TDs. Um, this poor bastard is uh, is not very... He's athletic, but he's not pro-athletic. 4'6", 540. Uh, separation was rough out there on the field. No breakaway speed. But goddamn, Matt, can this guy catch the fucking football? Uh, he's up. I think he's top three ball catcher on the top 10. He's that good, bro. Phenomenal hands, multiple 200 yard games this year for Purdue. Um, And to put up numbers like that at a school like Purdue, in my opinion, is wildly impressive. Um, Unfortunately, he's going to fall pretty late, I think outside of uh, John Dotson I think Bell could be another guy that might get slept on that can actually make immediate impact as a number two a number three option on the team this guy's ball this guy's catching traffic some of his highlights and some of his big games Matt were insane bro um I love his game I love his size but this that four six five. That's that's going to kill you, man. That That's going to absolutely kill you. And you could see it on the tape. Like he's not that fast. Sucks. You know,
1: I, I've say everything you just said is the same that I have. So I'm not going to get too deep into David Bell. He's Alan Lazard to me. Ooh. Um, a guy that's smaller, can, but yeah. Yep. Come in. Right. I think Alan's six three. Right. Alan's has, a little bigger than that. Yeah, I think A little Alan's bigger. Six three, six four. Yeah. But a guy that I think, you know, if, if Lazard ends up being Rogers' number one this season, we're going to see ninety-three receptions, twelve hundred eighty-six yards. That's like, what David yeah, Bell did tiers in college, or something, yeah, right. Um, and I think that's an amazing player to draft in the second or third round if you have a good quarterback, right? Because this is a volume-based kid. I would love to see him go to New Orleans, Michael Thomas days kind of end and move on from Thomas, trade him. I think you talk about him in the slot position. You're talking about similar production to what Thomas did, not the athlete. And that's the problem here, right? You really want to see athletes. You want to draft athletes, but this kid has proven production. One thing I really didn't like on tape we're outside routes. I think he really needs to find the ability to create separation. If he's playing on the outside against those DBs, that lack of speed, that lack of agility really, I think hurts you when you're talking about separation out there. Uh, and another reason I comped him to Lazard, Lazard really isn't the greatest athlete. He just knows how to play football. And that's what David Bell is, is a football player. And if you can draft football players to come in with a good quarterback, he's just going to be that much better. Valuable. So um, you know scheme wise team wise like we can say that about all these guys but especially with Bell if he can go out there and prove in camp that he's ready to be in that starting rotation you know be that slot guy as day 1 i think him too is a great steal in the draft
0: yep 100% um last guy this i think this is the ultimate wild card here uh John Mechie, 511 187 out of Alabama junior year 96 catches uh, 1100 yards eight touchdowns tore ACL another one SEC championship game against Georgia. Um, Dude's a lightning rod, (laughs) an absolute lightning rod. Um, I like, he's the best slot receiver in the class. In my opinion, he'd be above Dotson if it wasn't for that ACL tear, in my opinion, Um, his size, the ACL and the size, man, he, unlike Dotson, I thought Dotson was taller than five eleven when I was watching his tape and watching him at, um, Penn state before we started doing this, this kid looks small, small, small out there. And, um, he's kind of a, he's kind of a one trick pony, man. Like he's, he's your, he's your third down receiver. He's your slot receiver. That's it. So that's kind of a con. I didn't see him blocking at all. I didn't see him on anything outside of passing, um, passing game downs. And, um, yeah, man, he's 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 a solid he's a solid receiver. I think he could be a great slot, but the size in the ACL is is massively concerning. He's a uh, he's a JD McKissick basically. I know McKissick's kind of a a running back, but low key, dude. I don't know. He he could be great, but I I don't know. He he scares me.
1: Yeah, and, and it just sucks the injuries for all these guys. You know, with Drake London having the ankle, how many ACLs now have we talked about?
0: I'd say about. And- Three or four of them, yeah, four, four, four guys, forty percent of our um, top ten, huh?
1: And yeah. honestly, for me, the outside of Burks, all the guys I love have had these injuries. John um, Michi for me is he's the wild card. Um, I have high volume target ability in that slot position. Elite athlete, um, explosive. He actually, in terms of taking hits, he shows strength, um, but getting off and fighting him, fighting in press coverage not good i mean he's small um above average route separation that goes back to the speed though it's not necessarily his footwork it's more the fact that he just has that twitch that elusiveness and the ability to just separate cuz he's downright faster than other people and i'm interested to see does that continue after the acl right all of his attributes and his pros are based on the fact that he was a healthy, bodied wide receiver. We don't know what he looks like after the ACL. So again, huge question mark. Is he even the same guy in the pro level? Uh, weakness, he overruns those routes with some of his speed. Again, looking at Tyree Kill when he was a rookie to Tyree Kill when he's now finding the ability to slow yourself down and sit in some of those pockets so that the quarterback can find you will be key. Uh, he's a body catcher as well. Hate that, especially from the slot Sucked. position. Uh, we talked about this a little bit off the off the air. You know, when you're a body catcher at the slot position, it's very easy for you to have your hand tip it, your shoulder pad hit it, your, you know, your pec hit it, and that ball goes sailing into the air where the linebackers and the safeties can just pick it off. I love to see my slot receivers be hands first wide right receivers and catchers. That is not John here. Um, I think he could be day two, second, third round. I think he could be a massive, massive steal. Um, uh, but you're right, best slot based on athletes. I still think I'd rather have Bell, though. You know, at least I know what I'm getting. Um, but to John Meechie's ability as an athlete is just—you pay for that. You just can't find it again? Question mark ACL. All
0: right, Matt. After all this, give me your top three receivers that you'd want as an NFL GM.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say that a guy's going to be a Hall of Famer and not pick him number one. I think that would be ridiculous. Jalen uh, Burks is going to be my number one, and it's not even close. I have Wilson out of Ohio State coming in at number two. And then I have Jamison Williams coming off the ACL as number three. These guys, their athletic ability, their body types, they absolutely are number one wide receivers. And I think they're going to showcase that over the next few years.
0: Yep, My list is going to be basically the same. Burks is my number one. Wilson, number two. I'm going to throw London in there above Williams strictly because of the acl that's the only reason why if the acl wasn't there i would actually have burks williams and then wilson but so
1: question you're sitting at 14 you've traded up to the 14th pick mm-hmm. london and williams are there it doesn't matter what team you are, Who are That's you not
0: true. But true um, nah,
1: but but just think about it right you get the choice of either of these wide receivers you can change I mean, if, your if i'm trade
0: if i'm trading up um i'm probably taking london dude really? i really am
1: okay I respect yep. it.
0: Red zone, no. red zone target. Um, what can you do for, I'm a, I'm a, what can you do for me now guy? We've gone okay. over this with trades all the time, right? The Russell Wilson trade, the Tyreek Hill trade, the Devonte Adams trade. You asked me who won the fucking guys who got the players, you know, like, is that logical? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe not, but like, I'm, I'm a true believer in what, what are you doing for me this season? Right. The, the, the chiefs can whiff on those picks. The Packers can whiff on these picks. Broncos, same deal, or whatever. Seattle, same deal, right? Like You give me a Hall of Fame player, you won the goddamn trade. So that's where I'm at with with this as well. I think London can be that guy and shit. And I don't want this to happen, but what if Williams has a setback? What if he does it again? And now you just, you screwed the pooch. Well, everybody, thank you. 100 episodes down. Cheers to 100 more. You know where to find us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. We'll be back next Tuesday with another loaded episode. I'm sure this weekend will be crazy. Thank you so much. We'll continue the draft series next week as well, barring anything wild. Cheers. Have a good one.